1: and hence the righteous men in privative times were made shepherds of cattle rather than kings of men god intending thus to teach us what the relative position of the creatures is and what the desert of sin for it is with justice we believe that the condition of slavery is the result of sin AND THIS IS WHY WE DO NOT FIND THE WORD SLAVE IN ANY PART OF SCRIPTURE UNTIL RIGHTEOUS NOAH BRANDED THE SIN OF HIS SON WITH THIS NAME. IT IS A NAME, THEREFORE, INTRODUCED BY SIN, AND NOT BY NATURE. THE ORIGIN OF THE LATIN WORD FOR SLAVE IS SUPPOSED TO BE FOUND IN THE CIRCUMSTANCE THAT THOSE WHO BY THE LAW OF WAR WERE LIABLE TO BE KILLED WERE SOMETIMES PRESERVED BY THEIR VICTORS, AND WERE HENCE CALLED SERVANTS. AND THESE CIRCUMSTANCES COULD NEVER HAVE ARISEN SAVE THROUGH SIN. For even when we wage a just war, our adversaries must be sinning, and every victory, even though gained by wicked men, is a result of the first judgment of God, who humbles the vanquished either for the sake of removing or of punishing their sins. Witness that man of God, Daniel, who, when he was in captivity, confessed to God his own sins and the sins of his people, and declares with pious grief that these were the cause of the captivity. The prime cause, then, of slavery is sin, which brings man under the dominion of his fellow, that which does not happen save by the judgment of God, with whom is no unrighteousness, and who knows how to award fit punishments to every variety of offence. But our Master in heaven says, Every one who doeth sin is the servant of sin and thus there are many wicked masters who have religious men as their slaves and who are yet themselves in bondage for of whom a man is overcome of the same is he brought in bondage and beyond question it is a happier thing to be the slave of a man than of a lust for even this very lust of ruling to mention no others lays waste men's hearts with the most ruthless dominion moreover when men are subjected to one another in a peaceful order the lowly position does as much good to the servant as the proud position does harm to the master but by nature as god first created us no one is the slave either of man or of sin this servitude is however penal and is appointed by that law which enjoins the preservation of the natural order and forbids its disturbance for if nothing had been done in violation of that law there would have been nothing to restrain by penal servitude And therefore the apostle admonishes slaves to be subject to their masters, and to serve them heartily and with good will, so that if they cannot be freed by their masters, they may themselves make their slavery in some sort free, by serving not in crafty fear, but in faithful love, until all unrighteousness pass away, and all principality, and every human power be brought to nothing, and God be all in all. CHAPTER sixteen and therefore although our righteous fathers had slaves and administered their domestic affairs so as to distinguish between the condition of slaves and the heirship of sons in regard to the blessings of this life yet in regard to the worship of god in whom we hope for eternal blessings they took an equally loving oversight of all the members of their household and this is so much in accordance with the natural order that the head of the household was called pater familias and this name has been so generally accepted that even those whose rule is unrighteous are glad to apply it to themselves But those who are true fathers of their households desire and endeavour that all the members of their household, equally with their own children, should worship and win God, and should come to that heavenly home in which the duty of ruling men is no longer necessary, because the duty of caring for their everlasting happiness has also ceased. But until they reach that home, masters ought to feel their position of authority a greater burden than servants their service and if any member of the family interrupts the domestic peace by disobedience he is corrected either by word or blow or some kind of just and legitimate punishment such as society permits that he may himself be the better for it and be readjusted to the family harmony from which he had dislocated himself For as it is not benevolent to give a man help at the expense of some greater benefit he might receive, so it is not innocent to spare a man at the risk of his falling into graver sin. To be innocent we must not only do harm to no man, but also restrain him from sin or punish his sin, so that either the man himself who is punished may profit by his experience, or others be warned by his example.' Since then the house ought to be the beginning or element of the city, and every beginning bears reference to some end of its own kind, and every element to the integrity of the whole of which it is an element, it follows plainly enough that domestic peace has a relation to civic peace. In other words, that the well-ordered concord of domestic obedience and domestic rule has a relation to the well-ordered concord of civic obedience and civic rule and therefore it follows further that the father of the family ought to frame his domestic rule in accordance with the law of the city so that the household may be in harmony with the civic order chapter 17 But the families which do not live by faith seek their peace in the earthly advantages of this life, while the families which live by faith look for those eternal blessings which are promised, and use as pilgrims such advantages of time and of earth as do not fascinate and divert them from God, but rather aid them to endure with greater ease, and to keep down the number of those burdens of the corruptible body which weigh upon the soul. Thus the things necessary for this mortal life are used by both kinds of men and families alike, but each has its own peculiar and widely different aim in using them. The earthly city, which does not live by faith, seeks an earthly peace, and the end it proposes, in the well-ordered concord of civic obedience and rule, is the combination of men's wills to attain the things which are helpful to this life the heavenly city or rather the part of it which sojourns on earth and lives by faith makes use of this peace only because it must until this mortal condition which necessitates it shall pass away consequently so long as it lives like a captive and a stranger in the earthly city though it has already received the promise of redemption and the gift of the spirit is the earnest of it it makes no scruple to obey the laws of the earthly city whereby the things necessary for the maintenance of this mortal life are administered and thus as this life is common to both cities so there is a harmony between them in regard to what belongs to it but as the earthly city has had some philosophers whose doctrine is condemned by the divine teaching and who being deceived either by their own conjectures or by demons supposed that many gods must be invited to take an interest in human affairs and assign to each a separate function and a separate department to one the body, to another the soul, and in the body itself, to one the head, to another the neck, and each of the other members to one of the gods. And in like manner, in the soul, to one god the natural capacity was assigned, to another education, to another anger, to another lust. And so the various affairs of life were assigned, cattle to one corn to another wine to another oil to another the woods to another money to another navigation to another wars and victories to another marriages to another births and fecundity to another and other things to other gods and as the celestial city on the other hand knew that one god only was to be worshipped and that to him alone was due that service which the greeks call latreia and which can be given only to a god it has come to pass that the two cities could not have common laws of religion and that the heavenly city has been compelled in this matter to dissent and to become obnoxious to those who think differently and to stand the brunt of their anger and hatred and persecutions except in so far as the minds of their enemies have been alarmed by the multitude of the Christians, and quelled by the manifest protection of God accorded to them. This heavenly city, then, while it sojourns on earth, calls citizens out of all nations, and gathers together a society of pilgrims of all languages, not scrupling about diversities in the manners, laws, and institutions whereby earthly peace is secured and maintained, but recognizing that however various these are, they all tend to one and the same end of earthly peace it therefore is so far from rescinding and abolishing these diversities that it even preserves and adopts them so long only as no hindrance to the worship of the one supreme and true god is thus introduced Even the heavenly city, therefore, while in its state of pilgrimage, avails itself of the peace of earth, and, so far as it can, without injuring faith and godliness, desires and maintains a common agreement among men regarding the acquisition of the necessaries of life, and makes this earthly peace bear upon the peace of heaven. For this alone can be truly called and esteemed the peace of the reasonable creatures, consisting as it does in the perfectly ordered and harmonious enjoyment of God, and of one another in God. When we shall have reached that peace, this mortal life shall give place to one that is eternal, and our body shall be no more this animal body, which by its corruption weighs down the soul, but a spiritual body feeling no want, and in all its members subjected to the will. In its pilgrim state the heavenly city possesses this peace by faith, and by this faith it lives righteously when it refers to the attainment of that peace every good action towards God and man, for the life of the city is a social life. CHAPTER eighteen. As regards the uncertainty about everything which Varro alleges to be the differentiating characteristic of the new academy, the city of God thoroughly detests such doubt as madness. Regarding matters which it apprehends by the mind and reason, it has most absolute certainty, although its knowledge is limited because of the corruptible body pressing down the mind, for, as the apostle says, we know in part. It believes also the evidence of the